you're gaining ground. Where you seem to be accomplishing something, where you seem to be gaining ground, don't ever doubt the devil won't fight you there. That's exactly where he's going to attack you. Uh, today will be no different. Today will be no different. You're going to learn some stuff and, and, and get some stuff that's going to help you uh, today. And I promise you, this week, Satan will attack. But that's all right. That's all right. Because we're on the winning side, y'all. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen? All right. Matthew chapter number 10. Let me find my spot. Let me find my spot. And by the way, while I'm turning, uh, i I seen a cup in here this week. And we have an awesome, awesome privilege to be able to get some refreshments and enjoy that. Now, i seen one like this that didn't have one of these on it. In, in here, so make sure if you come in here, and, it, and it's really beyond my comfort zone to come in here with this, but, but we're allowing that to be a blessing to you, but help us remain nice, say amen. amen. So if you come in here, keep a top on it, and parents, if your little monkeys get hot chocolate, be in control of them, say amen. amen. All right, if we're all in agreement, we'll all have a good time, amen, so just help us with that, that'll help us keep, keep this in here clean and be a blessing there. All right, here we go. And I'll, I'll pick that up before Tammy sees it. Amen. Matthew 10, verse number 28. Are you there? Amen. All right, here we go. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Now the word fear there is not the delios word, it's the phobio word. The, the Greek word phobio, which means to revere, to respect, to reverence, to stand in awe of. In other words, it says, don't stand in awe of man. We should be standing in awe of God. Amen. Then it says this. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. That's how important you are. Fear ye not therefore. Say it with me. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. Say that with me. Ye are of more value than many sparrows. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for blessing us in a, just a wonderful worship time today. Now, God, speak to us through your word supernaturally. Help a bunch of people today. And God will thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Today, we're going we're gonna to talk about the subject of insignificance. The fear of insignificance. The fear of not mattering. The fear of not being important. The fear of living and dying and nobody caring. Listen, I want you to listen to this poem. Perhaps you don't know, then maybe you do, about Stillsville, the village, so strange but so true. Where people like we, some tiny and some tall, with jobs and kids and clocks on the wall. They keep an eye on the time for each evening at six. They meet in the square for the purpose of sticks. Tall stilts upon which stilts villains can strut and be lifted above those down in the rut. The less and the least, the tribe of two smalls, the not cools and have nots who want to be tall. But can't because in the giving of sticks, their name was not called, they didn't get picked. Yet still they come when villagers gather. They press to the front to see if they matter. To the click of the cool, the court of high clout that decides who is special and declares with a shout, hey, you're classy, you're pretty, you're clever or funny. And bequeath the prize, not of medals or money, not of fr freshly baked pie or a house someone built, 
But the oddest of gifts, a gift of some stilts. Moving up is their mission, growing higher their aim. Elevate your position is the name of the game. The higher-ups of Stiltsville, you know if you've been there, make us the biggest to-do of the sweetest of thin air. They relish the chance of their high apparatus to strut on their stilts the ultimate status. For isn't life best when viewed from the top unless you stumble and suddenly are not? So sure of your footing, you tilt and then sway. Look out below! And you'll fall straightway into the two smalls, oi poi, of the earth. You land on your pride, oh boy, how it hurts. When the chick police and the jilt of all jilts don't offer to help, but instead take your stilts. Who made you king, you start to complain, but then notice the hour and forget your refrain. Hey, it's almost six, no time for chatter. It's back to the crowd to see if you matter. Let me, let me see, let me see if I can, I can bring it to where we are. We get up and go to school when we're kids. Then there's the big, strong ones. Maybe the handsome ones. Maybe the pretty girls or the, the, the popular. And everybody that goes to school wants to be in that clique. Now what we'll do, we'll claim, no, we don't, we're not cliquish. We're not that way. We're not that. I don't care about that. But we're lying. Everyone in this room wants to be somebody. Everybody in this room, no matter who they are, wants somebody to think they are somebody. And as, as these villagers in Stiltsville, they come to see if they matter, if they, if they measure up, if they are judged by their, their outward beauty or judged by maybe their material possessions, they get stilts to, to walk in a status above the two smalls. And everybody fears that they're going to be in that group, the two smalls. I'm, I'm echoing, guys. Y'all help me with that. My, my mic's echoing. Listen, we, we want to be somebody. And one of the greatest fears in life is we're not important. And you say, oh, I don't have a problem with that. Listen, that's why we get mad when a friend doesn't call us back or check on us. That's why we get upset when people just herd us into a line and herd us onto a plane and we think all we are are just a number. Hey, I'm somebody. I have a name. I'm more than just a... Statistic. Listen, we do things we normally wouldn't do. We say things we normally wouldn't say. We behave in such a way because we want to be somebody. We want to be somebody. If I, could just, if I can just buy that pair of jeans, then, then I'll be like, boy, if I could just get a fancy car, or we'll buy a car we can't afford with money we don't have to please people we don't even like. You know what that is? Stilts. That have a way of falling. Listen, I want to share with you three things. Do I matter to God? Just do I matter? Am I going to live my life and, and, and live and go to work, pay bills, and then die one day and nobody ever even remember me? What do rich people do when they realize they're gonna, their money is going to outlive them? They start developing a foundation. You know why? Because they want everybody to remember them. We think we're going to have significance through our children because surely our children will love us. Our children will think something of us and, and we'll gain our significance from our children. What will we do? We'll, we'll outsource significance. 
If we're not significant enough on our own, we'll, we'll connect ourselves to something that we think is significant. So how do you do that? How many of you, how many of you in this building, and don't tell no lie, you'll get a virus from hell? Say amen. How many of y'all, how many of y'all right now, you have an Alabama hat or an Alabama jersey or an Alabama shirt or an Alabama sticker on your car? Raise your hand. Or how many of y'all got an Auburn one? Uh-huh. All right, now check this out. I got stuff. I got Florida stuff. I got Florida everything. I'm telling you, I, I do. I got, a, I got a little ceramic Florida gator that guards my office every day. Say amen. I'm a Florida Gator fan. But you know, here's what we do. We say, oh, we're not, we're not that way. We don't desire anything. But what, what will happen? Our team will win the championship. And you know what we'll do? Wah! We won! We didn't do anything. I didn't practice one down. I didn't sweat one drop. I didn't do, I didn't put anything into that. They won it, but you know what I'm doing? I'm connecting myself to them because since they won, they're significant. And if they won, I'm part of them. Now I'm significant. Hello? We'll drop names to people. Yes, I'm, I'm associated with so-and-so, and you know, I know every... Y'all know them name droppers? You know why? Because our name's not significant enough. We've got to say somebody else's name to make sure... Because we fear we're not significant. We'll wear, we'll wear extravagant jewelry. Listen, women will get implants. We'll do everything we can to be somebody we're not because we don't think what we are is good enough. You know why? Because when it's all said and done, when it all boils down to, we are really scared that we will not matter. We will not matter. Now, here's the deal. It starts in school with the rich kids or the in crowd or whatever. And here's what we do. We never get victory over it then because a lot of times our parents do not, listen, they do not lift us up. They do not let us know on a regular basis, this is, I have failed miserably in this, but I'm going to make up for lost time. We don't, we, don't, we don't let our kids know how much, hey, you're important. You're awesome. I, I told my girls this morning, everyone, and I'm going to do it every day of their life from now, and I'm going to tell them, you're awesome. You know why? Because they're going to try to find it somewhere else. They're going to do things they wouldn't do. They're going to try to find significance. A young lady will go out with a, with a, with a young man and, and listen, because she fears she won't be able to keep his attention, Michelle, because she fears that, she, that he won't think she's important, she'll go to bed with him right away, and all of a sudden now she's become an insignificant part of what she didn't want to be with in the beginning. But what if she knows I'm somebody? Jerk, you're lucky to be hanging with me. I want all my girls to think that. Yeah, I said it. I'm somebody. And you know what? In life, we, we come up with that mentality. I, 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 I surrendered to preach when I was 17 years old. And I know, I know all the preachers. They, they, they get all so high and mighty and self-righteous. And you ought to stand out in the crowd, young people. Come on, man. It probably helps me to be as young as I am and be young as I was. Because I remember, even though I was called to preach, even though I was preaching every week till I went to Bible college, I still wanted to be with the crowd. 
Now, I was not as doing what the crowd did because I didn't. Randy's sitting right there, and he'll, he'll testify this fact. I didn't do all that stuff, but you know what? I wanted them to think I was cool. I didn't want to be a weirdo. I didn't want people to think. I wanted to be somebody. And we all do. But here is the problem. See, what happens is, it, is it, you go from a scared kid who wants to be somebody, who wants to be significant, who maybe doesn't get affirmed when they're at home, so they got to try to find affirmation somewhere, and they go to the wrong place again. And they go from a scared kid to a scared adult. And the only thing, the difference between a scared kid and an adult is now you're a scared kid with money. And now you try to take that money to, to get that affirmation that you were looking for in the beginning, and, and, and you try to please the wrong people. Now, I know you're thinking I'm trying to get all psychological on you, but let me quote a verse for you. Let me quote a verse for you. I'm not being a psychologist here this morning. I'm just preaching the Bible. Verse 28, fear not them. That word means reverence, respect, awe. To stand in awe, to revere. Fear not them which kill the body. He's talking about man. Man. But are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What does that mean? I want you to write these things down. Number one, and we'll do this quick. We'll do this quick. Number one, I want you to see the mistakes of the confused. People that are struggling with the fear of insecurity and the fear of insignificance and the fear of not mattering, they are simply confused because they have made some mistakes in their life. And one mistake they have made is this. They are respecting the wrong people. There is a reverence that's misplaced. Instead of reverencing God and standing in all of God and, 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 and caring more about what God says about you, we are looking to peers. We are looking to lost citizens that are just as scared as we are. And we think they know more about who we are than the God that made you. It's amazing to me that we as young people, we, we, would, we would think more of what our friends said who don't know no more than we do. And we care more about what they thought than the parents that made you. I'm preaching this morning. And we will, we will respect what they do and go do stupid things that gets us in trouble. Because there is a misplaced reverence. There's a misplaced reverence. Am I speaking to anybody today? Not only is there a misplaced reverence. Watch this right here. I like this one. There's a realization that's missing. There's a realization that's missing. What's the problem? I'll tell you the problem. You don't realize who you are. In the very next verse, Jesus said, Don't fear them. Don't put reverence in the wrong place. He said, The very hairs of your head is numbered. You do not realize who you are. How many y'all? How many y'all seen that movie, The Lion King? In the jungle, the might. Oh, come on now, Simba. How many y'all know who Simba is? Simba. Simba was the little the little lion who grew up, and then and then and he grew up outside the pride, and 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 the two little the two little warthogs, and or the warthog, and the and what was the other guy's name? Don't act like you don't know Buchanan. I know that you know. All right. Here's what. Simba was eating lizards and worms. Simba is a lion. He is a full-grown 
king of the jungle who has eaten worms and lizards for crying out loud. He has no idea. He grew up in this, in this society with, the, with the, the, the two smalls or people who kept him down. And, and, and who, was the, who was the girl lion? Nala. Nala. Yeah. Ooh, Nala. Nala came in and said, Simba, what are you doing? Do you realize who you are? You're not a lizard eater. You're not a worm eater. You're the king of the jungle. You are the prince. You are the son of the king. You are the mighty one. What are you doing? You... And you know what? All of a sudden, it began to dawn on him who he was. I'm not a worm eater. I'm not a lizard gatherer. I'm the king of the jungle. And he went back and took his rightful place. And I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, everybody in this building, we need to get a fresh realization of who we are. You are somebody. You are children of the king. You are prince and princesses of the king of kings and the lord of lords. I'm telling you, let's get a fresh view of who we really are. We need to walk out of this building with our head high. Listen, we are somebody. We are the children of the king. We need to walk around with confidence in our heart and know that God thinks you're somebody. Hallelujah. Give him praise and glory right there. If you're glad you're somebody. Amen. Amen. Boy, we walk around and wonder, and all we think about and all we listen to is what our friends or peers say about us. I don't care what they say about you. You somebody. Listen to mistakes of the confused. Then number two, I want you to see this. I want you to see the mind of the creator. Somebody put you down at school. Maybe your mom or dad. There's so many children raised in our society whose parents belittle their children. God, help them. Tell them they'll never amount to anything. Let me tell you something. Can I just be honest a minute? Can I just preach just a second here? The reason they're doing that is because somebody did that to them. And they have no confidence that, that, that they could ever be anything. So anybody that has no confidence that they can be somebody will always drag down somebody else. Any, anybody in here under 18? Raise your hand if you're under 18. 18 or younger. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Dorgan, put your hand down. Come on, let me see it. Stand. Let me see. All right. Hey, when them people start picking on you at your school, here's what the problem is. They're afraid. They're not picking on you because you're weak and they're strong. Honestly, they're weaker than you are. Or they wouldn't be picking on you. I got a bulldog when, I was, when me and Tammy first got married. We, we were expecting Jordan. She hadn't got here yet, but she was, I mean, she, Tammy's like 12 months pregnant. I mean, it was just any time. And, uh, and, 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 and trouble was Brennell. He had his ears trimmed. Had a little white collar, and I mean, he was the man. I'm talking about the man. He would ride. I remember one time, you know how when you first have a baby, uh, you're, you're supposed to have him in the back seat. You know, Jamie, you're putting that baby in the back seat, aren't you? All right, amen. All right, and, and you get in the back seat. Well, well, we had a, a Ford Ranger, and Tammy would get in the back of the Ford Ranger, it's extended cab and everything, and she'd have the baby back there, and she'd be back there with the baby, and, and trouble would be in the front seat with me. He'd be standing there, and you would not believe the response of the people going by that seen Tammy in the back seat and trouble in the front seat. Amen. <laughs> trouble was the man. 
And, uh, and well, anyhow, when we got trouble, we got him as a puppy uh, right, before, right before Jordan was born. And, and Tammy's mama didn't like that. I mean, she was, not, she was not thrilled with that situation at all. I mean, she's thinking, a bulldog, a bulldog. All you hear is what's on TV and, and, and so forth and so on. And, and, well, she went and talked to her vet like that would make any difference, you know. But anyhow, she talked to her vet and, and said, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're fixing to have a baby. I'm worried to death. They've got this, this bulldog. And, 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 uh, and, and this is what the vet said. This is what the vet said. The vet said, man, that's wonderful. What? He said, this is what he said. God's my witness. He said, I would rather them have a bulldog than a little chihuahua or poodle. Because she was wanting us to get a little sissy dog. I mean, I mean a little, little, I'm, I'm just kidding. I got one. It's a Yorkie, a Chorky. What is it, Miss Sheila? A Chorky. It's half chihuahua and half, and mine's better than the kids. I'm going to start, you know, I don't know. But anyhow, that's what she wanted us. And this is what the vet said. said, look, that bulldog, he's not going to bother that baby. Because he's not afraid of that baby. Matter of fact, he's not afraid of anything. So he doesn't feel the need to defend himself in a way, but that little dog? Little dogs have the same syndrome that little people do. Come on now, y'all know I'm telling the truth, and if you're little in here, just act like I'm not talking to you, amen. But little people, they just got to feel like they got to defend themselves, and they're bad, you know. And, and ain't, no, ain't no problem, man. It's all good. Don't worry about it, you know. But little dog, they do. They have that. How many of y'all seen them, one of them little yang of chihuahuas that you just want to kick over the fence and just. But you know why that chihuahua acts that way? Because he's small and he's scared. And he's defended. All right. Kids are the same way. And when they go to picking on you, they think if they put you down, it's going to elevate their position. And you know what you need to do? If they pick on you, just recognize, scaredy cat. It's the only reason they're picking on you. But here's what we'll do. Maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not pretty. Maybe I'm not smart. Maybe I... Don't listen to that. That's just Satan. Please get this in your mind. The only reason they're picking on you because they're weaker than you are and they're scared of you. Because they're feeling like, I'm going to be insignificant too. Does this make sense? Now here's what they need and what you need. Because if you take this mentality into adulthood, it just creates all kind of problems. Listen, number two, the mind of the Creator. We already heard what they think about us. You know them people on stilts looking down at us that ain't got them? They just got all this fine stuff and all. And by the way, them people that's got better cars than you and bigger houses and all that, usually, most of the time, it ain't because they're richer than you. They just got more bills than you got. That's why you don't see them out at the restaurant because they can't afford to go. I'm telling the truth right there. We know what they think about us, but what does God think about us? I want you to write this down. I want you to write this down. Write this down. A, I want you to see his focused attention. His focused attention. The Bible said, turn with me real quickly to Psalms 139. Let's do this quick because we got to hurry. Psalms 139. I, 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 this, is, this is such an awesome chapter in the Bible. Psalms 139. The Bible says in this, verse 17, 139, 17. How precious... 
also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. In other words, they're not just precious, but they're plenty. Watch how many they are. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I'm still with thee. You know what he's saying? When I wake up in the morning, you're on my mind. Y'all get this? Now, everybody wants to think somebody else is thinking about them. How many of y'all, how many of y'all remember when y'all first, that very first time somebody said, Hey, do you like so-and-so? Because they think you're the... And your heart went pitter-patter. Even if you didn't like them, just the thought of somebody liking you. I need a witness right there. I still wonder if Tammy thinks I'm a hottie. I need her to tell me every now and then that I still crank her tractor. Amen. I want to know she's thinking about me. Now, we all do. Now, watch this. It's one thing for another human being to think about us occasionally. But the Bible says the God who created everything thinks about you so much, it can't be numbered. Every day of your life, he's thinking about you. He's thinking about what you're thinking. He's thinking about what you're doing. He's thinking about what you're going through. The Bible says there's so many thoughts that God has towards you, it's as the sand of the sea. And I don't know if you've ever been to the beach before, but that's a bunch. Yes, it is. Are y'all with me? That's God. See? Let me get you another one. I'm just about to bust. I just got to tell you. I'm telling you, I've been on this all week long. We not only see his focused attention. The Bible even says this, Psalms 8, verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art even mindful of him? Man, when I see all that you got to do and everything that's going on, who are we that you'd even think about us? What is man that thou art mindful of him? Not only do we see his, his focused attention, but I want you to see his final assessment. We know what other people think about us, but what does what's he think about you? The Bible says in that, in that verse 14 of the same chapter of Psalms 139, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You are something. I seen a little kid, Spence, I seen a little kid had a hat on, said, I know I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Do you realize you were the crowning jewel of all creation? We go down to the beach to see the waves and the ocean and the majestic roar of the sea and say, wow. Look at God's creation. Then we'll go up to Gatlinburg, and we'll go to the mountains. I'd rather go to the ocean, amen, but anyhow. 
People like to go to the mountains and they see those majestic peaks and, the, and how, the, how the fog rolls in and the, and, and the mountains and say, wow, look at God's creation. Then they'll go to Grand Canyon and, and, and see that big old hole. Now, I've never been there. I've never been there, but everybody I talk to, Brother Dustin's been there. He's even taken, uh, he's even gone to the bottom of that thing. I'm talking the bottom of that thing. And, and been to the bottom and, and come back. I'm talking, he said, it's something. He said, when you just stand there, it's like, whoa. Look at God's creation. This is what we do. But you know what God does? He looks right past the Grand Canyon. He looks right past the ocean. He looks right over them mountains and looks down at Brother O'Neill and says, Wow! What a creation! He is fearfully and wonderfully made. Looks past all of this stuff that blows our mind and looks right at you. Turn to the left and then turn to the right and you'll see what God thinks is the crowning jewel of His creation. He don't think nothing about the stars. He don't think nothing about the mountains. He don't think nothing about the ocean. But boy, does He think about you. The next time somebody puts you down or doesn't affirm you and doesn't make you feel like somebody, just remember, I'm somebody because God don't make no junk. Amen. Give God praise and glory right there. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship. The word workmanship means masterpiece. Say this with me. I, I am, am God's, God's masterpiece. masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. I'm God's masterpiece. When God looks down at me, he says, perfect. Oh, but preacher, why is this one this way and this is it? That's the way you're looking at it. That's not the way God's looking at it. And who's really important? Who? See, here's, here's the deal. We've tried to gain significance from everything that's temporary. From everything that doesn't matter. From everything that's human and frail. And we're still left empty. And we still have a fear of insignificance because when you do buy them fancy jeans, what happens when the fad changes? You got jeans you're wearing that you can't breathe in. Now nobody else is wearing them. Now all of a sudden the source of your significance is gone. Yes, you're a champion. You have won the national championship. Man, wear the jerseys, wear the shirts and the hats and everything. Yeah, we're significant. We're bad. We are there. What happens the next year when Tebow leaves? I mean, when your team leaves and, and, and loses and stuff. Then your significance is gone. See, when... when how many of teenagers can be cruel? They can be cruel. And the bad part is some of them never grow up. And we think that other kid over there is more important or, or better than us or more significant than us because their daddy bought them a brand new car. 
But what's going to happen when that person, when daddy goes bankrupt because he bought a car he couldn't afford, and now they had to take the car back, what's that significance? Gonna, what's going to happen? Their stilts are going to be taken. And you know what will happen in the clique? You know what happened in the clique? They'll lose their status. I love young people. See, I went to school with no stilts. So I know how that feels. I know how it feels not to be in the in crowd. I know how it feels to be sitting in the bleachers and, and watch, watch uh, some of the heroes of the football team be called out and everybody go crazy thinking, boy, I wish I was that person. Just for a moment of time, want to be important. Want somebody to think you're important. And you know what? I'm sitting here admitting stuff probably that everybody's going through, but they won't admit it. I thought, I tell you, it's hard for a Gator fan to admit this. But when Saban walked out on that, on that, on that stage and they went start raving crazy. And he just kind of, I thought, that's got to feel cool. Even if it was just for a moment. Because if he starts losing games, he's history. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. But just for that moment, to be able to think that many people thinks you somebody. And see, sometimes in life, there's so many people that go through life never feeling that. Well, I got news for you. One day. How many of y'all ever heard that? How many of y'all ever heard that phrase? Every dog has his day. One day, we're going to leave this earth of two smalls. And we're going to step on a street of gold. And we're, <laughs> and we're going to stand before a throne. And he's going to be giving crowns out. And he's going to say, in front of more than 18,000 people, more like 18 million people, and say, good job. Good job. Well done. Thy good and faithful servant. Church, say amen. amen. Let me give you a practical thing to do, and we'll close. What can we do to build our significance? How we feel? Because I know we all go through this, but what do we do about it? Number three, I want you to see this. I want you to see the mission of the courageous. Let me read this verse, and this is coming right out of God's Word. It says this. In, in Ephesians chapter number 2, I just read it a while ago. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. There's two things you're going to have to do to overcome the fear of insignificance in your life. The first thing is you've got to accept what he says about you. How many of y'all have ever seen that person that they were gorgeous, but they didn't feel like that? I'm talking about they were a knockout. And you can say, man, you are pretty. You are gorgeous. And they just, 
because their whole life they've been beat down and never affirmed by their parents, never lifted up, never said. And no matter how pretty they really were, they never believed what you said about them. And they struggled even in their relationships, even in their marriages, because they, they could never accept what was really true. Here's the deal. I've told you what God thinks about you. Now you're going to have to believe it. It's amazing to me that we're strong enough to accept the fact that he could wash all of our sin away, forgive us of all of our sin, save our soul, put our name in the Lamb's book of life, and take us to heaven, but we're not willing to accept that he thinks you're somebody. Trust me on this deal. He thinks you're the bomb. He thinks you're awesome. I heard a preacher say one time, if he had a refrigerator, your picture would be on his refrigerator. He loves you. You're the apple of his eye. But do you believe it? But, but my mom, I don't care what your mom said. I don't care what your ex-husband said as he beat you down mentally your whole life. Don't, don't worry about him. He don't even deserve your presence. What'd God say? But my dad always would, I, 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 I don't care what your dad said. What did he say? Are you big enough, are you willing right now to accept that you're awesome? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You are the deal when it comes to God. You got to accept his word. Then B, write this down. There's got to be an activation of his will. What, what do you mean? Watch what it says. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. If you want to feel significant, go do something significant. If you want to feel significant, if you want to, if you want to raise a significant level in your life, go do something significant. I, I used to I used to sit and imagine. I, I'm I don't know why I admit so much stuff about myself. That's the one y'all even come back and listen to me. But I used to Randy, I used to imagine that, that there was a burning building and I rush in and save the day. And I was everybody's hero. Or somebody was drowning and, and you know, you go and, and, and all you don't have to do all that. Some people think you've got to walk out on that stage and 18,000 people sing your praises to, to be, do something significant. They win a ball game. Whoop-de-doo. What about changing somebody's life? I saw pictures of uh, Brother Travis and them. They've, they've got unsheltered.org. Check it out. They're, they're kicking off... A great ministries birthed right out of this place that God's going to do an awesome thing with, with the homeless internationally and here in our country. Unsheltered.org. Listen, I was watching a video, and Brother, Brother Jeremo was sitting there with a huddle of guys that was freezing cold, and he was handing out coffee and doing something significant. That was more significant than calling a play in the national championship game. 
Now, I'm for all that. Don't, don't leave here thinking that I'm preaching. Again. I love football. I hope my team wins every year. They ain't, but I hope they do, and I, I like all that stuff, and I'm not against that. I'm just saying what's really significant is not what we have come to know. You say, how do you know? I've got Bible. The Bible says if you give just a cup of cold water in my name, Jesus said that's very significant. And if you want to start building up your significant level and how you feel about yourself, here's how you do it. You get yourself off of self. You get your mind off of yourself. Because no matter how much people applaud you and do all of this stuff, sooner or later you're going to start losing and you're going to get fired and there's going to be somebody else that's going to ride your horse. But if you start putting your mind on other people and start serving other people, God will bring that significance feeling up and it won't come from an outside source it's temporary see that's the problem we're trying to get our significance from something that's very temporary clothes are temporary fads are temporary cars well they're brand new but one day they're going to rot and fall to pieces but if we start just giving a glass of cold water if we start doing what we were designed to do in the beginning, what God created you to do, and that's to be a blessing to others through the gifts that he's given you, just do something significant this week. As simple as being nice to somebody, you'll start feeling the significance level rise in your heart. Because true significance does not come from man. It comes from God. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment if you're here today no one looking around just a moment if you're here today and you say preacher I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven well let me tell you something God has died for you Jesus gave his life so you could be free Jesus gave it all so one day you could have it all. I don't care what your culture is. I don't care what your nationality is. I don't care what your financial situation is. I don't care what color your skin is. It does not matter. Jesus thinks you are the deal. And if you're here today and you're not sure that you're saved, you're not sure right now, if you was to die right now, you'd go to heaven. I can help you. Oh, I can help you. We've got folks down at this altar right now with a Bible in their hand. And they can take a Bible and show you how significant you really are to God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, say, Preacher, I'm not sure that if I was to die right now, I'd go to heaven. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up right where you are and let me pray for you real quick. Anybody say, Preacher, I'm not sure. I see that hand. God bless you, buddy. I see that hand. You can put it down. Anybody else? Say, Preacher, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. God bless you. I see that hand up here in the front. I see that for anybody else. Hey, let's, it's just us, y'all. Let's just be honest with God. God knows our heart. Anybody else say, Preacher, I'm just not sure that I'm saved. Would you pray for me? There in the back, I see that hand. God bless you. Father, thank you so much for their honesty. I know what they're feeling in their heart right now because I felt the same way. I remember in the invitation service, Lord, I remember feeling the same way. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll please just touch and help. God, I pray that your mercy will be felt right now. I pray that you'll touch their minds, ease their fears. Lord, let them, let them come and 
Let us take a Bible and show them how they can know for sure right now. Before they ever leave the building, how they can know for sure right now. If they were to die right now, they'd go to heaven. God will keep every head bowed. We wouldn't embarrass them for nothing in the world. Lord, we could take a Bible and sit on that front row and, and take a Bible and show them how to be saved. Lord, let them have the courage to come. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want to I want to ask you right now. If you raised your hand, or if you didn't, but you feel like God is speaking to your heart right now, and you'd like to know without a shadow of a doubt, 100%, if you were to die right now, you'd go to heaven. I want you to take a moment of faith, a step of faith right now. A step of faith. Just so step out in that pew and come on. That's it. God bless you, buddy. Come on. We've got some coming. If you raised your hand, come on. Come on. God is speaking to your heart right now. That'll be the greatest decision you ever make in your life. Something that will take you three minutes will determine your eternal destiny. If God is speaking to you right now, come on. Come on. If you need to come, come on. There, there are some praying, making, making choices and decisions right now. Would you come? God thinks you're very significant, significant enough to die for you. Won't you come? Is God speaking to your heart? I wonder if you're here this morning. You say, preacher, that message sure spoke to me. I've struggled with that fear. I've struggled with that, that, that area of my life for, for a while, and, and I, I just need help with it. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just raise your hand. Just show it way high. Show it way high. Show God you're serious. God, help me with this. Help me with my fears. Help me with my struggles. That's it. That's it. God bless you. God bless Let's do this. Hey, if you need prayer, and if you want God to help you with this, come on right now. Let's just find a place in this altar. Everybody that will. Let's pray for each other that raised their hands and didn't. I wonder how many church members have just come right now. We're just going to gather around this altar, and we're going to pray for those that are struggling with this. Hey, let's, let's pray for the teenagers that are really struggling with this in high school right now because of the cliques, because of the, 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 the different areas that, that people think is very important. Let's ask God to touch them and help them. Let's ask God to give them what they stand in need of. Father, we come before you right now so, so in need of your blessing, so in need of your anointing, so in need of your touch. God, I thank you for those that have come. I thank you for those who are making decisions for you. God, I pray that your will be done. I pray that you'll just touch us now. God, lift them, those up that, Lord, are, are just low right now. Touch them that need to feel significant, that need to feel important. Lord, that need to feel like somebody cares. Lord, let them see that you care more than anything in the world. God, you care about them. You care about their feelings. You care about their heart. You care about their hurts. Lord, you care about their problems. They're very significant to you. And God, I pray that your will be done. Bless everybody at this altar. Lift them up, Jesus. Help them and give them what they stand in need of. In Jesus' name we all pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. You pray all you need to pray. We're going to sing a verse of invitation if you need to come. We're not going to drag anything out, but we want to give you an opportunity to pray. If God's speaking with your heart, come on as we sing. That's what this altar it sure is. is for. It's for us to bring our burdens. It's for us to bring our cares. It's for us to bring our fears. Just bring those fears and give them to God. God will take care of There's a light Oh, he's big enough to. God, I pray that you'll meet this need. Lord, I pray for this burden.
Lord, you know the need, and God, I pray that you'll waiting. Father, He's waiting here for you. The time has come to give in to the Lord. That's what this altar is for. Everyone sing with him. That's what this altar is for. Do you have a burden? You don't have to Do you have a need? Do you have something that you need to give to him? Anymore. Oh, he's, he's big enough to handle it. There's a light in the darkness. Won't you trust him? And there's a love Hallelujah. that's true. And Jesus, he's waiting. He's waiting here for you. The time has come, All come to give in to the Lord. Yes, that's what this altar is for. And all God's people said, I didn't finish the poem. Let me finish it. Stiltsvillians still cluster and crowds still clamor. But more stay away, they seem less enamored. Since the carpenter came and refused to be stilted, he chose low over high. He left the system tip-tilted. You matter, you matter already. He explained to the town, trust me on this one. Just keep your feet on the ground. Keep your feet on the ground. Believe that you're somebody. Believe that he loves you more than anything. Don't worry about stilts. Don't worry about what people say. Jesus said you're somebody. Keep your feet on the ground. Hallelujah. How many of y'all are glad Mr. Christopher Teague came this morning and trusted Christ as a Savior? Isn't that great? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you, Chris. Amen. What a great decision. What a great choice. Now listen, there was others that raised their hand this morning. And I want, I want to say this. I understand if you're a little nervous in the crowd, but we do something around here to help you with that. We'll have these guys, they'll hang out here for a little bit, and as everybody leaves, you won't be in front of nobody. And if you'd like to know how to be saved, oh, we would love to show you how. Amen, church? And, and these guys will hang out. Brother Chris will make sure you get to somebody. And if you're a lady, we'll have ladies. And a gentleman, we'll, we'll have a gentleman there to take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, we're going to be dismissed. Before I do, uh, Miss, Miss Dottie Simmons, uh, Miss Dottie Simmons, uh, their, their family ran the Simmons Grocery over here uh, uh, west, of, west of our church. 